We believe that God still heals today. Does anybody need healing today in their body? Go ahead and raise your hand if you need healing. If you're sick, if you have physical pain in your body. We also believe that every single one of you is ministers of reconciliation. All of you, God wants to work through all of you. So go ahead and raise your hands again. If there's somebody around you with their hand raised, lay your hands on them and start praying for them. We're just going to ask Jesus to heal. Because he already did it all on the cross. We're just going to ask for what he did on the cross to be a reality in our lives. So, Father, right now we just ask that you to heal right now. We thank you that your word says, by your stripes, that we are healed. Father, we ask for the experience of that in the lives of our brothers and sisters right now.
give me freedom to love you back and to worship you. So we pray, come Holy Spirit. Understanding, would you grant them understanding who you are and what you can be for them? Help us in our trials to recognize your presence and your power.
we'll just take a moment right here and uh, just let God speak to you where you're at. So we'll just take a quiet moment. Picture him giving you a present. 
Lord, we just receive it. Asking for it. That's our theology. We just keep asking. 
we just keep asking because we believe God did it on the cross. We just say, Lord, just keep doing it, and we'll just keep praying with you guys as long as it takes. That's what we feel about healing. So, there you go. Oh, yeah, there's four more seats, guys, up around here if you guys want to squeeze in. They're free. Yeah, come on in, guys. <laughs> so how about it? Anybody from the conference that went and has something to share with the group or something to touch down? Or? Okay, um, my name's Joe. I attended the Holy Spirit conference. <laughs> My name is Joe, and I attended the Holy Spirit Conference. I survived. I don't know. Um, it was a really good time. I got to uh, minister with the youth, Kylie, who's an awesome girl, and I just got rocked. Like, I mean, I have a lot of stuff to say, but um, this is one of them. It's just that the kids that are growing up, like in not, I, I guess it's my generation, I don't know, like if they're 12 years old, if that's my generation. But this kid at the story, he was like in school and, they, and they we were asking people what they want to do when they grow up. And he's like, well, I was in school and I got these visions of an airplane and the Lord like took my pencil and, and I started drawing. And ever since then, I've been wanting to be a pilot. And it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> that's nuts. Like, I was just getting blasted, and like, you guys should worship, this is great. But that was one thing, and then um, something that I just recognized yesterday that just uh, broke a lot of lies in my life, is, I mean, this is a silly example, but uh, you'll see what I mean. Like, yesterday at uh, 2 o'clock, I was going to go to my grandma's house to give her flowers. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, so and I was running late and I was like getting all worried and um, it was something that Graham Cook was speaking on is just uh, anxiety and stuff it's like what's making me worry that my grandma's gonna cut off my head and I when I arrive ten minutes late and, and I mean it goes along with the prodigal son story it's just like what do we expect out of God what negative expectation do we put on God to believe that he's going to be mad when we show up, like, failing. Or when we show up short. And it's just like, I'm breaking off the, the negative expectations that I've put on God. Even when I'm worshiping, even how I feel, or how my day goes. It's just like, God loves it, no matter what. Uh, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. So I brought, I bought some beach balls, too, and that was pretty fun. Oh, it was you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pray that we see God the right way. Yeah. So, Father, uh, we just, we love you. We love how approachable you are, God. God, that we don't have to approach you with, with closed eyes and and, uh, and feeling like we're, let me say a good word, um, that we're not feeling very nice <laughs> and we feel like crummy when we come into your presence but God we can come boldly and confidently because you made us fearfully and wonderfully God you call us spotless you call us pure God you call us your bride Father who's dressed in white God for you adorned us God 
He formed us before the foundations of the earth. God, you dreamt about us. God, dreams that will blossom in our lives, God. So, Father, I break off any expectation, God, that we lay on you, Father, that cuts us short from those dreams, God. I speak and I prophesy into those dreams tonight, God. Let them blossom. Let the negative expectations go. Let the worry go, God. Let it go. We let it go in the Spirit tonight. No matter what that feels like, no matter what that looks like, God, we just lay that down, Father. We know you have good plans for us, God. You have good things in store for us because you already walked it. You've already been there. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? I have to sit on the stool again. Yeah, okay, but it's like a special stool. Oh, is it like out front? <laughs> um, um, I don't know. I'm searching a special stool. Different discussion. Um, <laughs> my name's Danny, and I also was at the Holy Spirit Conference. And there's just a lot of stuff that's going around at the Holy Spirit Conference. For those of you who are there, I don't know if you really noticed just everything that was going on um, between, first of all, God's touching people, and then Satan, as he definitely tries to fight back against that, because when you hit that mountaintop experience, Satan doesn't like that at all, because now you're close to God, you're passionate. Yeah. And, he, I mean, you know you have power. And Satan likes to strike that back, he likes to quench that as quick as he can, because that's dangerous to him, that scares him. He's afraid of us, um, which is awesome. But, um, I also, I'm not going to get into all that stuff, but it's one of those things where what God really placed on me is that he loves it when he shows us stuff and he teaches us stuff, and he just reaffirms it through practice, where he sends you right out and immediately you can just dive right into this stuff. And he loves to just give us these little hints that what everything we've just seen, everything we've just heard is true. And that's kind of what he did in my life. Um, Saturday, I was not able to make it to the Holy Spirit Conference. I was at a wedding. So while you all were hiding down in the tunnels, and well, not yours. Okay, go keep going. your wedding. Not my wedding. Not my wedding. In case you're wondering. But, um, anywho, so while you all were hiding from the tornado downstairs, uh, I was at a wedding. It's good stuff. And afterwards, I went out with some friends, and there was a girl there. And I'd never met this girl before. And she was an atheist, kind of. She had grown up in a Catholic, Catholic school. And was starting to get into some more New Age stuff because the church just didn't give her what she was looking for, I guess. She hadn't had any of those types of experiences um, and just kind of felt disconnected and was really just kind of searching. And so just kind of got talking to her about some of her New Age beliefs and some of the same stuff kind of was coming up, like she had visited a psychic or she was talking a little bit about auras and just the same type of stuff that John Paul Jackson was speaking about. And I just kind of felt this hit me in the spirit, like, I need to ask this girl if she's had a drink. And it's like, well, this is kind of weird. Is this just kind of me coming up with it? And, you know, if you start doubting, you paralyze yourself. But it definitely wasn't one of those things. It was just, it was there, and it was not my thought. So I asked her if she had had a dream before. Like, she just really couldn't explain. It didn't really make sense to her. And without batting an eye, she said yes. She, <laughs> so she goes on to elaborate this dream um, where this is actually, she had a vision of what's a real tree in Italy. Um, it's a willow tree that's growing up. And at the top of this willow tree, there's a second willow tree that's growing on top of it. It's just a strange picture. Someone actually said, I'm looking up on their iPhone while we were sitting there. Um, it's different. But she, anyway, she had had this dream where she had seen this willow tree, and the second willow tree on top was just kind of blooming, but it started to die. And so this person came along and said, well, 
we have to cut this down. This entire thing needs to be cut down. And it just really kind of saddened her. And what God just kind of revealed to me is that, you know what, if you look through the New Testament, God's constantly comparing us to trees. You have trees that bear good fruit, trees that bear bad fruit. And so what you have here is you have someone who's a willow tree, and just like we're supposed to bear good fruit, and as trees, as trees bloom, before they go out fruit, like an apple tree will have blossoms before they actually turn into apples and you have fruit. Um, here God's making something new. As he makes all things new, he has something new coming up. And you have this tree that's just blooming. There's so much potential there for spiritual gifts. And for just for love, joy, peace, the fruits of the Spirit. Um, there's a little song that goes with that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but anyways, what was happening here is that this tree was dying on her. And it really just kind of hit me that this was kind of like what was going on in her spiritually, is that she had grown up with some of the answers. There was such great potential there, wow. but it was dying out on her. And so what comes along is like when Jesus curses the fig tree that didn't have anything good in it, he curses it to die. Well, it's not that he doesn't care for us. It's not that he doesn't want to redeem us. It's just that if you don't bear fruit, it's not good for anything. And it just really struck me as when we looked in Job 33 at the conversation, it talks about how God speaks in people's ears in the night and gives them warnings. Well, I think this is exactly what, this, what happened in this girl's life. And so, um, that's what I encourage for all of you who are there. Keep an eye out. I think God's really just going to try to just encourage you in what you've learned and what you've seen. And just seek truth into your life through everything that's touched you over the weekend. So. That's awesome, by the way. Wow. Your interpretation. Talk about, whoa. That's sweet. <laughs> oh, pray that over. Right. <laughs> Dear Father God, I just pray over everyone who was either at the conference or was not at the conference, God. It doesn't matter to you. It doesn't matter because you want to reach down. You want to touch us all the same. And you want to pour out the same gifts to us, Father God. You want to touch each and every one of our lives and confirm what we know about you. You want to continue to push us into that new knowledge, Father God. And as we grow in you, to affirm that knowledge, Father God. You love to give us opportunities to practice and to step out in faith. You love to just take us to new places we've never been. You love to have us reach out and touch people in miraculous ways, Father God, ways that they can't understand, ways that they don't see coming, and that they probably never associate with Christianity, Father God. But that's what you want to do, because you are not a weak God. You are not an inactive God, Father. You are a powerful God. You are a God that still moves in this world, Father God. Um, so often we're willing to admit the power of the enemy to influence us, Father God, but so resistant to admit your same influence, your greater influence, your infinitely greater influence, Father God, to work in this world and work in our hearts. And I pray that that would not be so, Father God. I pray that you would just really hit us with the fact that your spirit lives in us and that you've given us authority, you've given us power, you have given us the ability to hear your voice and hear it clearly. You are lining up opportunities, Father God. From before the world was began, you have lined up opportunities for us to step out and touch people, to reach into their hearts, Father God, with the power of the Spirit, with your power, Father God. And that's not our doing, that's you, that's you working through us, Father God. And that's a mystery we don't understand. That's a mystery we can't grasp and that angels long to look into, Father God, but it is true. And I pray that over our lives right now, Father God, I pray that you would use us, that we would be tools of your glory, Father God, of your work, that we would ooze that Holy Spirit right out of us, Father God. Just let us ooze. And I thank you that it can work through each and every one of us, Father God. I thank you for that. And I pray more and more of that in the lives of everyone here, Father God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that over our lives. Amen.
oozing the Holy Spirit out from the conference, too. That's where we want to be. Ooze the presence of God. I kind of like that. That and uh, what, what, what was the other one? Victimize people with the love of God. So we're going to transition now. Um, someone. Jim Tillis. Is he Jim here? Jim Tillis. Come on down. <laughs> works with internationals at ZU and um, we actually blessed him recently with a gift from Communitas and uh, he emailed me and said hey I'd like to say thank you personally and I said well when you do tell him about what you do <laughs> yeah. alright thank you and thank you to all of you uh, Paula Recently sent me the gift that you guys took for me. I appreciate it so much. I'm uh, raising my support right now on uh, my salary. Um, I work as campus missionary uh, to university students here in the Twin Cities, specifically international students. Uh, there's over 4,000 international students at the U, a couple hundred different countries represented. We have more Chinese students uh, than any other university in the United States, um, and really any country you can imagine. Just a couple days ago, I had a dinner with a guy from Iran who wants to do Bible study with me. He says in Iran, he said he always wanted to know about Christianity, but had no idea where to go. You know, and so I mean, these are the opportunities you know, that we have. Um, what I'm doing there right now, um, basically some of it is just general person-to-person outreach as I'm able to meet internationals, uh, build connections, um, ask God to lead me to the right people. Um, the international student ministry is really strategic. Like this guy from Iran, a lot of these people uh, come from uh, countries where uh, culture is very different from the United States, where it's not easy, easy for the gospel to get into. Um, you know, missionaries do great work overseas. It takes them time, however, to learn the culture and learn the language to where they're accepted and where they can go in and connect with people. Um, but if we can reach international students while they're here, share the gospel with them, get them disciple, they go back they already fit in their culture, they already know the language, they have the opportunity to share right away. Um, it's amazing. I know a guy from uh, Kazakhstan, his name's Kairat. I've been meeting with him, he told me um, his family could not believe it when he came to the United States to study. Um, a couple generations ago, they were actually uh, nomadic people, kind of like Mongolia, raising horses, going around living in tents. Um, he told me his mom said, um, well basically they're former Soviet Union, um, and his mother um, he said basically to her there's only two types of people in the world, Kazakhstani people and Russian people. He said we have a, a mutual Nigerian friend, he said if uh, our Nigerian friend went back with him to Kazakhstan, his mother would say, why is there a Russian in my house? Get this Russian out of my house. <laughs> um, so, so that type, you know, that type of people group, it would be really difficult for me to go there. So she'd say, why is this Russian trying to tell me about his God? You know, but for Kaida, you know, I've had the opportunity to speak into his life about who Christ is. He can return. Um, his family will listen to him. They understand him. He's one of them. Um, now, Paul asked me to kind of speak about some of the opportunities that might be at the university. Um, what we're trying to do um, is have some cultural um, specific ministry. Um, we have, um, we, we do a lot of Chinese ministry. We do a lot of work with Chinese students, just doing special events for them, Bible studies. A lot of Chinese students are interested in Bible study. Um, my personal oversight is with a group called Japanese Student Connections. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Japanese um, in Japan right now, I don't know the exact percentages. Um, I know some of you here might know better. I believe maybe around 1% of Japanese students are Christians. Um, 
I'm basically, I meet a lot of Japanese students, uh, dozens on campus. It's amazing to find anyone who's ever even known a Christian well, had a Christian friend. Um, most of them have no concept whatsoever about Christianity. Um, what we built right now, the idea is we're building a community. Um, we have a few Japanese Christians who come. We're looking for Christian volunteers, um, students who come be a part of our family, our community. Then we invite the Japanese students into this community. We have monthly events. We even have a big Japanese meal for them. Um, we do something um, fun, usually some type of social event. Um, now through that, they know that we're a Christian group. We let them know the people who are here at this event, the hosts, you know, they're, they're Christians who, who, because of the love of Christ, want to share, um, want to welcome them and share their friendship with them. Um, and kind of through this, you know, we're looking at redemptive relationships being built. Um, and we also, um, we offer Bible studies for students um, and we invite them through personal invitation. So we encourage people, volunteers, to come with our group to get to know students well. Encourage them to come to our introductory uh, bilingual Bible studies, and which we're doing. We've had several students do that. Um, God's opened up a big door. Uh, the Japanese Student Association, they've made us a partner group. We are um, hosting, co-hosting their welcome dinner for all the new students. Um, they are going to be sending out our, all our event invitations to all the Japanese students on campus and encouraging them to come. Um, and um, a few other universities we've connected. We've connected with a couple different um, businesses in the Twin Cities um, where they're going to let their new... Um, well, Japanese who are coming to Minneapolis temporarily, young adults, let them know about our events. Um, and really, you know, what we're just looking for, and, and this is what I would share, if, if your heart feels tugged to this, um, I don't want anyone to think, oh, I don't know if this is for me, but they really need people, you know, maybe I should do it. God will bring the people, but if you're here, and this is a connection God has for you, I want you to know about it. We're looking for people who will be interested to come and be part of this family. You know, just we're building a Christian community. Now, the, the reason why this is so strategic, you know, if you think about it, there's a lot of people, you know, around the Twin Cities who woke up today and they know there's something in their life that's not right all over the world. But it doesn't occur to them, you know, that what's not right is that they don't have God. It doesn't occur to them, you know, maybe I should go to church, you know, maybe I should go grab a Bible. Now, they know that works for other people, but, you know, in our world, most people kind of live in a clique. They have the group, you know, people they hang out with. You know, so they say, you know, in my group, that's not what we do. So they look for answers within the group. What we're looking is building a family, you know, so they have Christian friends. They have Christians who have influence in their lives. And they start to think, okay, maybe this is an answer for me. Maybe this is an answer I can look into. Um, so, I mean, if talk to me later if you're interested. We're just looking for um, anybody who might be interested. We have events once a month. Just come in there being part of building the community. Uh, we encourage people to pray about maybe there's one person there, Japanese student who you really connect well with, um, and just kind of building friendship with them outside the event, just redemptive relationship, sharing your faith with them, building a friendship. Um, and we also meet once a month to uh, pray together and kind of encourage um, each other in our relationships and our connections with students. Um, so if you're interested in that, talk to me. Um, and if you're interested in general, I have a card I can give you. We're starting a similar outreach for South Asians. Should be up and running by January. We've already got a house church of South Asians that wants to get it started, and a lot of students, Hindus, and Muslims on campus who've really expressed interest in this type of community. So, uh, thank you. How strategic could you get? I can't imagine a better way to spend one's time. 
than connecting with people who will very likely go back and be leaders in their own country. So, Jim, we're glad you're there. And uh, obviously he articulates the faith well. He uh, is relational, not just hit and run, but build friendships, build relationships. Let's pray for Jim. And then if you desire to connect in some way, you can talk to him. And if you miss him, talk to me and we'll connect you with him. Father, thank you that there are people who are looking out for international students who are coming here. God, we don't have to go 3,000 miles away to the lost of other nations. They're coming to our nation. And the cream of the crops. What an opportunity. Thank you that you've called Jim. God, your hand is on, our, on his life. Increase his influence. Increase the anointing in his life. We pray, God, that you would use him and those who stand with him to reach, can we say thousands? Could we say thousands, Lord? Why not use a bigger number? Is God embarrassed? Is God saying, oh, that's too big. That's too big a number. Let's believe for God to do powerful things. And I pray that you raise up people in here, Lord, that have a concern for others, that reach outside themselves and connect with the lost. All kinds. We bless Jim in Jesus' name. And those he's touching are those Chinese, Kazakhstan people, Russians, Ethiopians, those from other lands. We thank you that the job is getting done. Amen. said to the kids that we pray for people who come here. And so when Charlie was doing the plumbing before he got away, I said, Charlie, is there anything I can pray for you for? He said, please pray for my son Nicholas. So we have prayed for Nicholas. The next time he came back, I, I said, Charlie, our, let me ask you a personal question. Are you a follower of Jesus? Now, do you think he was offended that I said that? He said, well, I, I grew up in the Lutheran church. I was confirmed. But I don't know if I'd call myself a follower of Jesus, maybe. I said, have you come to the point in your life where, where you are sure that when you die you'll go to heaven? He wasn't sure. I said, can we get together? And I was talking to the consultant that's working with us, I said, would you arrange when I get back from vacation for the three of us to get together? Charlie said, I would like that. I'm looking forward to that meeting. I'm quite sure he's just going to give in come to faith. <laughs> and I, I hope that you will open doors. You don't have to wait for doors to open. Sometimes you open. Sometimes God's given you the authority just to say, okay, go for it here. Yeah. Ask him a question. I have a friend, Mark Anderson, at the conference. He likes to ask people downtown, all around, are you a follower of Jesus? Have you received Jesus in your life? I think one time in the four years somebody's been offended. He sure wasn't offended. So I hope the Lord gives us opportunities because this isn't about us. What we're, what we're meaning here 
It's not about us. It's not about you. It's about them. I heard a few amens. Okay. We got some paper down here. Got some pencils. Yes, did you bring the paper down? Gave it to Gabriel. Is the paper here? Someone find the paper. It may be sitting up in the upstairs. We cut paper in half sitting somewhere and then there are pencils that are around here somewhere look around they're under the chair okay here are the pencils pass them out everybody gets one we'll turn the lights oh paper is in here okay we got paper good we got paper and pencils everybody gets one here's what i want you to do uh, for this, we will turn the lights. We turn off the lights because somebody said it was getting warm in here. You know, this is a day that the Lord has made. It's a warm day. It's a good day. It's a great day. Just quit breathing so much. We'll turn that, that switch right there, right behind you there. No, up higher, right there. There we go. Okay. Okay, listen up as the paper's going around and the pencils are going around. Gabriel is a personal trainer, uh, one of the things. And so he talks to me about things that I need to do. And he said, Dad, I've got an exercise for you for your knee. Now understand that when God tests us, he tests us in an area of strength or weakness. Weakness. Why? Okay, he wants us to be strong. I was praying once and I had a picture of a guy with bulging muscles. And I felt like the Lord was saying to you, to me, Paul, I want you to be strong in every area of your life. Well, that's what the Bible says. Count it all joy, my brother, when you face various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in... Okay. Willie Mays is called a perfect baseball player. Any of you remember Willie Mays? Some of you do. Either you like baseball or you're, or you're not as young as you were. <laughs> Willie Mays was called a perfect baseball player. He didn't bat a thousand. He batted three something. But he was a home run hitter. And he was also fast. He was an excellent outfielder. He could do it all. That's what perfect means. It means complete. It means if Satan tries to get you here, he can't get you. He tries to get you there, he can't. And so we want to be complete, and so we need tests in various areas, right? Yeah. Right. So, my knees are weak. I have other areas that are stronger. I have a strong stomach, because I've been doing exercises in that area for a few years. And i got a strong back, but I have weak knees, and not sure why. So he told me to put my foot up like this, and then bend down and do it about eight times. So I did it. Did it feel good? No. no. Why would I do it if it doesn't feel good? No pain, no gain. One comedian said, I got a new philosophy. No pain, no pain. <laughs> no 
I'll do it, in other words. That's fine. If God never gave us any tests, where would we be? We'd be spiritually flabby and uh, ineffective in the kingdom. And so he gives us tests. Why do we moan and groan when God gives us tests? Because it always involves pain. We don't like pain. I wouldn't mind pain if it didn't hurt, but it hurts. And so we think this must not be good because it hurts. And our normal response is not. Count it all joy. When was the last time you did that? When a, a, a problem came along, this is wonderful. <laughs> that is counterintuitive, and that's exactly what we're going to learn to do. So that within a few weeks, some of you are going to give testimonies yeah. that you did that, and you had supernatural results. Can you think of anybody in the Scripture who experienced greater tests than what we're going through said exactly that, this is wonderful. Let's have a party. And God rocked it. I heard somebody say Paul. That's what I was thinking of. He was in a prison. He'd been beaten up. Severely beaten. Now he's in stocks in the inner prison. And he says, Silas, Silas, got any songs you know? Let's sing. Silas says, great idea. It's midnight. They're having so much fun that God says, I'm going to join them. So he comes down, joins them, shakes the place. The door is open. Paul should have said, humanly speaking, hey, we're out of here because they got loose. But he didn't. Because he's so sensitive to the Holy Spirit, he didn't run. He said, we're staying right here. In fact, he told all the prisoners, we're staying here. They stayed, and the jailer came running in, fell down. What must I do to be saved? There aren't a lot of people that are asking me that question. What about you? You know why? Because I'm not living a supernatural life. But what I do, there are people that are going to say to me, what must I do? I've never encountered anything like this. In a very difficult trial, you said, God, you're in charge. We're going to sing. Somebody mentioned Joseph. Joseph was in prison. This place stinks. If, it only, if my brothers hadn't sailed me down the river, I'd be amounting to something. Here I am in stinking prison. Did he say that? No. He said, well, okay. Bad situation. Do what we can. Hung a stereo in the corner, put a wicker place. I just made the most of it. Didn't have a bad attitude. We know that because of how he dealt with other people. And someone came down and they needed a dream interpreted. And he said, he could have said, hey, I might have any new dreams anymore. <laughs> I got messed up by a dream. <laughs> Don't talk to me. He said, sure, I'll help you. You know, for that. What an attitude. James hardly starts his book. Verse 2, he comes right in, count it, pure joy when you face trials of various kinds. When was the last time you did that? So, how did it feel the next day after I did this? Worse! What was going on? Okay, I was actually breaking down my muscle, wasn't I? I was breaking it down, getting ready to make it stronger. I have hope for the future, but not immediate hope. Is Erica here? 
I, she was four years old when we were planting plants at 1603 West 7th Street in San Pedro. And we were underneath our deck, and I planted a row of flowers. I turned around. Erica, four years old, had pulled out all the flowers and laid them on the, our wooden deck. And I said, Erica, holding back as much as I could, what are you doing? She said, I am picking them out to see if they are growing. <laughs> I said, honey, you don't grow that fast. Let's put him back in. We'll come back in a few weeks. You see guys working out? Cows working out? You see him smiling? Anybody smile when they're working out? <laughs> Then why do they do it? Long -term. They're, they're looking at long-term results. If we get that into our head, that what God is doing is He's bringing us into a long-term result that's the very thing we're praying for. The very specific thing we're praying for. So He'll give us something that will test us because He knows that we're going to be built up and we're going to be tough. We're going to be strong. And we're getting the very answers that we need. Here's what I want you to do. Three things on the paper. Number one, I want you to write down some of the tests that you are presently in right now. Now, it may be a financial test. It may be a health test. It may be a test of, of, uh, of holding your peace. Karen had an unbelievable day. How many times did you have to go out, Karen? I, I want to tell that story. Tell, come here, tell it quick, 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 quick. Well, uh, part of the seas, everybody. <laughs> you start writing down. You start writing down. But she had an interesting day. It, it sounded like a test to me. Write down first of all what tests you're experiencing now. Listen, it could be a test to keep your peace. It could be a test to be slow to anger. Where are you being tested? The second thing, how are you responding to that? What are you doing to respond to it? And third, what aspect of God's character can be revealed to you in the midst of that test? For instance, Karen was threatened with losing her peace today by her story. The Bible says that the God of peace, God is a God of peace. Well, maybe, maybe you need to learn the God of all comfort or the God who provides financially. Jay really came to understand that. He was, you were tempted to worry, weren't you? about that laptop and you came to know an aspect of God's character by that and you're, you're stronger aren't you you're stronger than that 
Well, I don't know how many people love sticky hot weather. Um, I don't uh, do real well with it. And I knew it was going to be warm, but I, I thought, okay, Lord, it's going to work out because Cars told me she wants to go to the DMV get her uh, uh, permit. So I'll be in the air-conditioned car and air-conditioned building. Yay. So we got there. And Karis, my daughter, Karis, my 15-year-old, she's all upset about it. There you are, Karis. <laughs> we got there and got mine. And, oh, where's your other ID? Oh, I've only got one. All right, so we've got to go all the way home and get another ID. And, um, okay, we, we can handle this, Lord. Um, drive it in the air-conditioned car. And uh, then we get there and, okay, we're ready to go. And we've been at a conference. So I look at my tours, no money. Oh. So we're going to have to go back again 